Support for this podcast comes from PayPal. Small business owner, PayPal QR codes are the safe and easy payment option. It's all the security PayPal is known for online, in person. Cash only, QR codes allow you to accept credit or debit with everyday low fees. No additional hardware or software needed. Use the app to generate your unique QR code. Customers scan your code with their PayPal app to pay you. Learn more at paypal.com slash us slash get QR code. This is episode number 90 with our guest, Lauren Tickner. Welcome to the Hidden Entrepreneur Show. My name is Josh Carey. You want in on a little secret? I was in hiding for 40 years. Yeah, I was hiding every part of myself in every situation. And I can tell you one thing, hiding sucks. I'm now on a mission to help extraordinary people like yourself rediscover the world around you, connect beautifully with others, and excel tremendously in all you set out to do. Join in. It's The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Hey guys, thanks for joining us. You're tuned into The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. I am your host, Josh Carey. No matter the business you're in, you are in the personal brand business. Now, what does this mean? Today, more than ever, people want to connect with people, imagine that, and not some big faceless company. Whether you're an entrepreneur or part of a team, it's important to know how you, as a brand, play an important role to the overall health and success of your company. And I'm excited about this because I'm currently living this path. The Hidden Entrepreneur is my business name. It's my brand. But I know it's about me, who I am, what I do, how I show up, what I bring to the table, and how I bring it to the table. Our guest today also lives this way. She helps people make a full-time living through building an online business based upon their passion. Now, she knows this sounds cliche, but it really is possible to center your business around you, your personal brand. Meet Lauren Tickner, founder of Impact School, an online fitness business school. Impact School is all about personal branding. An online fitness business school is a leading education provider for those who are looking to build a results-driven online fitness coaching business. So good to have you on the show. Welcome, Lauren Tickner. What's going hey, on, Hey, thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. When it comes to being a hidden entrepreneur, I guess for me it's not so much hidden anymore, but it's something which I, I never necessarily imagined myself becoming an entrepreneur, honestly, because I used to, I don't know if you ever did it when you were in school and like in high school, you kind of had to do projects where you'd have to like think of an idea and figure out a way to sell it and all that. And like, I hated that because I could never think of anything creative to come up with. And I just fundamentally didn't understand how people came up with all these crazy ideas <laughs> for things and figured out how to market it and sell it. And so here we are today on a path that we never expected, but Hey, it's life, right? It's fun. It's all fun and games. So yeah. It really is. I love that you say it's all fun and games because really what else is it? What else can it be? What else does it need to be? And um, it's, I love being in today's world where 
this moment can happen. Uh, a month ago, it, it, it did not exist. And now here we are. You know, uh, I saw you on LinkedIn, actually. And uh, I said, oh, my goodness, she's very uh, intriguing. It seems like she'd make a great guest. Let me reach out. And I reached out, sent you a message want to be a guest. You said, sure. And now here we are. So now forever connected. And it's a really intriguing thing. Yeah, I know. And I also really like the way that you reached out because so often I'll have people ask me to come on their podcast and it's just like, you need to come on my podcast to talk about this so that I can gain this. And it's like, mm. that is not the way to reach out to people firstly, but secondly, you know, it's got to be perceived as like a win-win. And so I know this for sure, because the only way in which I successfully get people on my podcast is when I make it very clear about what they're going to gain from it. But yeah, I mean, I like the way that you reached out. I, I had a look into everything that you're doing and it seems super cool. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a topic that's near and dear to my heart because being an entrepreneur is, well, okay, let's just put it this way. Like <laughs> I got fired from a job as a waitress because apparently I wasn't passionate enough. And then <clears throat> I quit, I, I've quit a, every job that I've ever had within a very short period of time. The longest time I lasted in a job was eight months where I was working at an asset management company. So I was doing like investment management with all the fund managers and things. Oh my gosh, that was when I very quickly realized at 18 years old that the world of employment <laughs> me <laughs> oh my god so if i heard you correctly at 18 you were working uh in finance yeah yeah and and no my dad did not get me this job this is what people say to me all the time he did not my dad's an estate agent like he's actually he's had his own business since he was young but um <laughs> he definitely doesn't work in finance he actually one the main reason i actually got into finance and the world of investment so young is because my dad always wished he went down that path and he always told me like Lauren you'll do so well in the world of banking because he obviously knew that these people make tons of money and in hindsight he looked back and wishes he got into that but little did he you know the grass is always greener as they say and so I think he, he saw me working in that industry for a while um, after telling me that he'd lost the Lauren he used to know and realized that maybe he actually did choose the right industry being an estate agent. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So then that experience led you to say, oh my goodness, I don't want to, um, I don't want to ever have a job. I want to be my own path provider. I want to uh, start my own business, whatever that would be. Now that I think about it, just like looking back. So I was obviously 18 and this is when I'd already been posting fitness related content on Instagram for a couple of years. I had a YouTube channel as well by this point when I was working at this asset management job, but I found it really hard to upload to YouTube while commuting and while working this super, super intense job. Um, and so I, I don't know so much that it was like, oh, I want to start my own business. I more so saw people online, like other YouTubers and things. They were doing online fitness coaching. So it's basically where you're an online personal trainer which is why I now have the business that you mentioned, Online Fitness Business School, which teaches people how to build their own online coaching business. So I saw these people doing online coaching and I am like one of these people where when I, you're probably the same. I think entrepreneurs are kind of hardwired to be like this, but you find out about a particular topic, you have a small little bit of interest in it, but then it becomes this like insane rabbit hole. Yes, it's yes. not even like, 
the interest was ever anything that was going to be relevant to you. Like, so I'd be working my asset management job. I'd be super busy, but then there would go through periods of time in the day where I'd be like really busy, need to do all these things for the fund managers right now, get it done. And then moments later, there'd be like a few hours of downtime. And in that downtime, all I would do would be reading. I just read scientific studies about training and nutrition. And so I became really obsessed with all things, evidence-based fitness. And so I basically saw these people on social media posting this absolute garbage. And I realized like, I know way more than these people. So pretty much quit my job when I got my personal training qualification, started online coaching. And then after that, I then went to university. I managed to switch my degree. I was supposed to be studying politics and economics. I switched my degree to business because I saw that the University of Bath had the number one business degree in the UK. So uh, I got on that course and um, yeah, this is while I was doing online fitness coaching, still posting content. I was now posting to YouTube consistently as well, as well as posting two to three times to Instagram per day. And I was honestly just like a content machine. But it was never really honestly that I wanted to be my own business owner. It's just like, I wanted to, I wanted to build a brand, you know, I wanted, but, uh, and then as time went on, I did realize that I wanted to build my own business. And, uh, I just didn't, I, I tried so many different things. Like I tried to start a leggings brand and I lost like thousands of dollars. I tried to do, wow. I tried to do so many different things. I honestly had such shiny object syndrome, especially cause I was young and cause like I was just always learning about new different things. And so, yeah, I mean, working in the asset management job definitely made me realize that I wanted to do something that wasn't meticulous, mundane and monotonous. And also that made me feel like I was making some sort of impact. And it's really funny because I remember reading an article uh, one day when I was dro- when I when I was on the train to work. It was inside the Economist. I don't know if you guys have that over there, but it's oh, a- we have it over here. I don't read okay. it, but well, we 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 have it. Yeah, exactly. So I used to read it every day because when I was studying economics, like when I was 17 and 18, we had to read it as a part of our exams. So it was just one of those like, and so I kind of just kept my subscription and was reading it, and so. I remember reading this article about how like people born between the ages of between the years of like 1995 and 1999 are seriously like obsessed with making an impact and they won't ever do these like low level jobs because they only care. basically like the whole thing of that they say about millennials yeah. and like I remember reading that at the time when I was in my asset management job and I was thinking to myself like is it bad that I want more because this article made me feel like it was bad for wanting to make a bigger impact and that I should just suck it up in order to work this, like, obviously it was still a pretty good job in the asset management industry, but that I should suck it up to be at the bottom of the, the bottom of the business for a period of time. But then honestly, like I quit the job and within just a few weeks, I was already doubling my income from that job, which was pretty well paid for an 18, 19 year old. And I was helping so many more people like, cause when I was working in asset management, I couldn't see that I was helping anyone mm-hmm. because I was just adding value to the firm. Whereas when I was working with people hands-on as an online coach, I was changing their lives. And so I kind of felt like for a while when I was working in the job in the asset management job, I was like living this Hannah Montana life where I'd have like my, I'd have my job and then I'd have this whole world that was on my phone and my Instagram where I was like genuinely changing people's lives Hmm. just through making posts. And so to me, it just seems so obvious, like to make that decision. But 
at the same time, I had no responsibilities. I had no family to take care of. So for me, like the risk was easy. It wasn't mm. like a risky risk because <laughs> there wasn't really any negative consequences. So yeah. That's amazing. Beautiful story in every way. Um, Alexis here joining live says, what a wow you are, Lauren. What a great comment. Thank you, Alexa. I, I hope I didn't just turn, turn on everyone's Alexa, Google Home devices, whatever they are. Like, <laughs> Uh, Amazon Echo. Exactly. Um, with, with all that, you made the transition into fitness. How do you define personal branding? How could you put that in a bottom line description for those listening? If somebody has no idea what that really means, how it relates to me, how I use it, what do I need to know about personal brand? What is that? Yes, yeah, a good question. I think it's something that people don't necessarily understand, but it's much more simple than I think it's kind of made out to be with the whole marketing terms. It's just you. Your personal brand is literally just you, and it's you selecting how you want to be seen by the world. So Let's perhaps, say that again. I'm sorry. You selecting how you want to be seen by the world. That's so wonderfully put. Go ahead, Lauren. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that's it. I think at the same time, it's not just you selecting how you want to be seen by the world because I couldn't just wake up tomorrow and say, okay, I am amazing at singing. <laughs> and like, this is me and this is my brand's going to be all about music and singing because I'm not good at that. So it's you, how you want to be seen by the world based upon your skills and your experiences. And yeah, I mean, it's as and simple then as that. And then putting your best foot forward and making sure, like you said earlier, uh, the audience gets to know you as a person and um, it's not all business related, right? You get to show the parts of you that are genuinely you through the personal branding efforts. Yeah. And it's like, you're becoming known for a particular thing as well. I think that's really important because like, if you think of anyone who has a successful personal brand, it's like, let's say we think of Gary V. All right. Well, Gary V is well known for marketing and personal branding. Uh, we think of someone like Grant Cardone, who's really well known for real estate. We think of someone like Oprah Winfrey, who's well known for interviewing people and like female empowerment and things like that. Um, so yeah, it's like you select what you want to speak about, what you want to put out into the world. And so that's essentially it. I mean, I think it really comes down to you need to figure out what your niche is going to be. Because I think when you first start out, you need to pick a niche, aka a niche, as you guys say. And uh, you need to focus in on that. But as time goes on, you can go broader and start speaking about a wider range of topics. But if you don't niche down at the beginning, you're going to struggle actually getting people people to connect with your message because they won't really know why they should follow you. I love how you said um, it's about being known for a particular thing. And I, I, I also want to say that sometimes you could hit the ground running and just start producing content and showing up and appearing through different forms of mediums. We have, we have everything at our dispense today, right? With our phone, with our, our computers, there's, there's really no excuse for not showing up how you want to. But there's also something to be said to not getting caught up in the bigger picture before you start, right? Before you start taking daily action. I know that I did it with The Hidden Entrepreneur uh, last summer is when I launched this brand and it launched with the podcast. That was it. It launched with episodes one, two, and three. And that was enough to get me going and saying, you know what? 
I'm going to figure this out along the way. I didn't know all of the answers. I didn't have all of the pieces, but I had enough to take one action and put it into play. And here we are a year later and um, I have the world in front of me. And now I have a clearer picture and I'm continuing to learn, continuing to grow, continuing to make connections and reach for opportunity. Yeah. And I think, I think it's really easy to discredit your own knowledge and think that what you know isn't enough or isn't very good because when you know something, oftentimes it seems so obvious to you. So kind of an example is like today we're recording this podcast on Zoom and you're live on Facebook at the same time. Like if I was to go and do that, I would have no idea how to do it, but you're on episode 90 right now. That means that you've done it 89 times before today. So for you, it's so obvious. So you're like, how does she not know how to do this? That's the exact same thing for any of our listeners here today. When it comes to their personal brand, they have things that they do on autopilot that they don't even think about and that they don't even realize are super helpful for other people. So I like to think about it in this way. Oftentimes people are like, I'm not good at anything or I'm no better than anyone at anything else. That's just fundamentally not true. Just think about what do your friends and family come to you and ask you about? Or what have you been through? I, I think so often your ideal client or your ideal follower, the best one is just you a few years ago. Because you've got from A to B, you've climbed over the bridge and you figured out a system and a process to get from where you were to where you are now. That's so what that's, I'm doing. That's, that's all I'm doing through the Hidden Entrepreneur. Go ahead. Yeah, exactly. I think the word system is like save yourself time, energy, and money. S-Y-S-T-E-M, right? And so you, you can essentially do that through having systems in your business, in your life, but you can also then take those systems to save other people time, energy, and money. And because they're going to save time, energy, and money, that means that they'll pay you money for it. And then it becomes a product. So you need to know who your people are. You need to know what problems they're facing. And then you can create products to help these people overcome those problems based upon the systems that you have used in order to get there. So don't discredit your own knowledge. Realize that what you know, let's say, let's say you pass fifth grade maths, right? Whereas there's someone who's actually currently in the fifth grade who's like getting an F, who's literally failing. Even though you only passed the fifth grade maths, you can still teach that person who's failing because you can help them take their F to a pass. Because even though you're not the best person in the world, you can still help them get from that really low level to a level where they're going to be good, right? So that's essentially how I like to illustrate this. You are better than you think you are. You can do it. Stop being so hard on yourself. It's chilling. Literally the chills, Lauren, because it's just, it just resonates. It's so true. As Alexis here says, OMG, the value. She loves the value. <laughs> Wait, let me just tell that. Okay, so when it comes to value, that's what you need to be showing up and adding to your target audience every single day without fail on social media. But you don't just want to be anywhere on social media. You want to be on the platforms that your ideal client is actually on. So for example, I know that my ideal client are typically people between the ages of like 22 to 30 who are trying to build an online coaching, consulting, or personal brand-based online service-based business. So I know that most of the time they're actually scrolling through Instagram and they're listening to podcasts. They're listening to like business podcasts, self-development podcasts. That's where I show up. So I have a podcast, which is called Impact School. And then I'm on Instagram at Lauren Tickner. So people can find me there and I show up every single day there. And then when it comes to actually like, what is value? We kind of spoke about this before, but I personally believe that there are four different 
four different things which make value. So something can, a piece of content can either be educational, right? Which is like a how to, or a three tips to, or a step-by-step. It can either be inspirational. So where you cause someone to want to take action. So it's not just like a little quote. It's like something that's a bit more, you know, it actually causes them and it makes them take action of some sort. Motivation, which could be that quote, right? It just like gives them that little motivation, that little, that little bit of energy, you know, or it can be uh, entertainment. And so that could be, for example, earlier I was talking about how I have like a best food in New York city video. Like it could be that type of thing. I honestly just do that for fun. It has nothing to do with my business, but it's fun to me. And so, you know, you can, as time goes on, you'll figure out which one of these four things you like the best, or you might like to merge a couple of them. So I honestly, I really like to merge entertainment and education or just do education. That's what works best for me. Um, But yeah, you'll figure out what works best for you as time goes on and what the people in your niche react best to. I I heard you say a couple of times about um, being consistent. And I love this topic because it got lost on me for years. You know, you, you dabble, you do things until the original inspiration and energy wears off. And that's usually in seven to 10 business days. And then you're back at square one. You're like, ah, nobody reacted. Nobody liked it. I'm bored of it. It didn't have the outcome that I hoped. But here I am, like you pointed out, episode 90 episode 100 right over the horizon there, which is a great achievement, right? By all accounts, even even this very moment, I'm very proud of to be here with you, episode 90. How did I get here? One episode at a time. I didn't yeah. just wake up today and say, hey, this is episode nine. You just do it and do it and do it. The little things become big things. So talk to me about consistency because you live that. You're, you're leading by example. You're living this life where you're teaching people how to do it and you're doing it. You have over 130,000 followers on Instagram, over 32,000 subscribers on YouTube. How did you do that? Consistency? Yeah, consistency, but not just consistency. It's like adding value to your target audience every single day. That's it. It has to, it's not just consistency because if you consistently post rubbish content, then you're consistently going to get no followers. Fair, (laughs) Um, fair. But if if you're consistently showing up with value and asking yourself the impact filter every single time you make a post on social media, which is what value is this adding to my target audience? then you'll start to attract it. You'll start to attract people. It's fundamental. You've got to ask yourself that every single time that you post and make sure that you, you can batch create your content so that you take a bunch of photos in one day or record a bunch of videos in one day or a bunch of podcasts in one day so that you have a, a load and batch. post them over a period of time. Um, slot them into a content calendar. If that's something that you need in order to be consistent, set a reminder on your phone to make sure that you make a post. Yeah, it's key. If yeah. you want to be successful, you've got to do it. And and let me chime in with the way that the hidden entrepreneur specifically uh, plays into that for me. Because I I always knew my whole entire life what I was capable of, what I what I could have brought to the table, what I wh- where my value was, but I hid that. That's where this brand all all comes from. So I. I would get so frustrated, so angry, so miserable because I would show up seeing people doing the things I wanted to be doing, but I was hiding all of that power and ability. So I didn't. 
But again, I was very well aware of what I was capable of doing. And I believe everybody is in the exact same situation. If you are not bringing your best, doing your best, achieving your best, I believe you deep down or not deep down know what you are capable of. You are just shying away from it. Again, that's what I did my whole life. So to connect this to the consistency, you are never short on what to bring to the table. You are never short on ideas and what value to bring. You might think you are because you are shying away from it but you are not. So once you get over that and work through that and put that aside, no longer hiding, you, and just show up in the way, offer the tremendous value you already know you are capable of delivering, stop filtering it, stop shying away from it, stop fearing it or being scared of it, then the world is yours and you will have an abundance of things daily to show up consistently with. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think it honestly just starts with you thinking about what content would you have found helpful when you were first beginning and just, yeah, just being confident with everything that you're doing and just realizing that the longer you put it off, that's it. It's just the longer you're putting it off. Like you're gaining not like the thing is you have two options, right? You can either stay stuck where you're at right now and just do nothing or just try and the worst thing that's going to happen if you try and fail is that you stay stuck and you're already stuck so why not at least try <laughs> yeah i want to learn more about you lauren more about this person right here in front of us take us back to the very beginning if you will what was life like as a child growing up for you yeah, I mean, so I I started out with everything that I'm doing when I was about 16 years old. After losing weight in a really unhealthy way, I I kind of yeah, I was I was a bit overweight and uh, basically started out on Instagram because I wanted to become stronger and I wanted to gain weight in a healthy way. After I went through this like crazy form of eating, um, which was not healthy, and so. Yeah, I, I just remember like Googling how to gain weight in a healthy way and all that I would find is lifting weights, lifting weights, lifting weights. But I was like, oh, okay, so I'm going to start lifting weights, fueling my body, eating more food um, and nutritious food and not being afraid of carbs and all that. And I'd see these girls on Instagram who were promoting that message and I just wanted to follow them and comment on their posts and stuff. But I didn't want to because I was worried that the boys in my year and my friends would see my, me commenting on their posts. So I decided wow. to make a separate Instagram account called Fitness Life Lauren, which is a, pri a private account. I started like sharing healthy recipes on there. And basically, yeah, I was just totally doing that in secret. I didn't tell my friends. I didn't tell my family. And then a few months after I started it, the guys in my year found my account when I had about 4,000 followers, which back then was so many because no one had Instagram then, you know? So that was probably like the equivalent of like 20,000 followers to this day. And uh, yeah, I mean, I was so ashamed. They started mocking me. They started like pretty much like wow. bullying me for it. And um, I was so embarrassed. I was going to stop, but fortunately I didn't. And so, yeah, I mean, that's how I got into this whole thing. And I think it just made me realize very early on that people are always going to try and tear you down for what you're doing. But always. that's why it's so important to know why you're doing what you're doing. Because when you know why you're doing what you're doing, you can continue going even when it gets tough, right? So. That's how things started. And then 
I became an online fitness coach, like I said, and then uh, things have grown and evolved since that because I've been doing this whole social media thing now since I was 16. And so I'm 22 now. So it's been like a good amount of time that I've been doing this. But before then, before I was actually on Instagram and stuff, like I've been on social media doing everything on social. Like, I used to be Tumblr famous, which is hilarious. Like no one even knows what Tumblr is to this day. It's like oh, a, Tumblr it's a, famous, you said. I used to be Tumblr yeah. famous. Yeah. What, yeah, what I had like thousands yeah. of uh, people who were like I think it was like it was either following or subscribed I don't remember um who would like re-blog my stuff and Tumblr yeah, was just text-based right it, it was it was like blog articles yeah yeah but like I never made my own I don't think maybe I did but it was mainly me like re-blogging people's things and honestly like it was crazy I I, I gave my account to someone I do not know why but I think it's again it was because like me and this one other girl in my year at school had a Tumblr and it was like a really weird thing. Like people would always talk about her and say how weird she was for having her Tumblr, but like no one knew that I had one too. And so when they were telling me how weird they thought she was, I was like sat there like, oh my God, this is so scary because I have my own. And so, yeah, like that's why when I made my Instagram, I kept it a secret because I knew that the same thing would happen. And so that's it's just like how crazy. kids are, you know? And will always be, and how adults are too, by the way, right? We're all that yeah, way. I've definitely realized that it's how adults are too as well. Um, since I've been doing this still to this day, I still get people say things about me who I know personally, but it's it's life. And so just do what makes you happy. Like it's so cliche and cringy to say, but it's For flipping important. Yeah, take us back even further um, from uh, you as a young child. What was life like growing up? Yeah, yeah. So I grew up with a disabled brother. So my brother has epilepsy and autism um, and various other learning difficulties. So it really meant that from a young age, I was forced into being pretty independent. Um, now, not because my parents like <laughs> didn't pay attention to me and stuff. It wasn't because of that at all, but it's cause, just because like they had to spend a lot of time taking care of him. So I naturally had to keep myself entertained because I couldn't go out and necessarily do like normal kid things. Because if my mom was looking after my brother and my dad was at work or something, then I, my mom couldn't drive me somewhere because like she found it unfair to take my brother in the car because wow. he has epilepsy. Like he would be having a lot of seizures and like, uh, there was one period of time where my mom and my brother were literally in hospital for like six months straight, like just living in hospital. Um, cause my brother has a very, very rare form of epilepsy. Like when I say he, he's disabled, like he has to have two on one care the whole entire time. He lives in like a disabled care home. Um, mm. and uh, things like that. And like, so he, he's in a wheelchair and like he has a feeding tube in his stomach um, he can't really talk or anything like, like he's very, very, very disabled. And, um, so yeah, I mean, it meant that I've seen someone kind of live a life where they can't actually take control of their life. So it's meant that I really see the importance of taking control of your life if you have the ability to do so. Ooh. So for me, that kind of with my physical appearance, like in the beginning stages, like I realized like I have control of my body. I can do what I want with my body. So like, I'm going to take care of my body. And now it's like with my life in general, like I can take control of my life and I don't need to be tied to an office in order to have the most, the most, the, the biggest addiction people have, which is their paycheck. Right. Um, I don't have to have that because no one does really like, 
at the end of the day, like if you try and start a business and you fail, the worst thing that's going to happen is you're going to have to go back to your old job. And whenever I say that, people are like, yeah, but I have kids whose bills I have to pay for and all this. And I'm like, yeah, you do. And so that's why I don't think you should just randomly quit your job and try and start and be an entrepreneur. I think like start a side hustle, build your side hustle up to the same level of income of your full-time job or a level where you can comfortably pay your bills for the next six months and then quit your job and go do your passion. Um, and if things go wrong, go back and get another job. But I think like life is, it just made me realize like life is way too short to do something that you hate and to not take risks. And so, yeah. Here we are today. Tell me about, you mentioned your, your weight a few times prior to this uh, current iteration of you. Obviously, you're a fitness uh, guru, a fitness coach. You, uh, you have lots of uh, videos and pictures of your fitness routines. Um, but as a, as a young teen or child, you were overweight. You struggled with weight? Yeah, 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 exactly. So when I was like, I think it was like between the ages of, I'd say maybe 12 or 13 to to 16 when I lost all the weight, I was overweight and I was unhappy with my body. And I was just like in insecure, uh, unconfident, comparing myself to all my friends who were like so much thinner and skinnier than me. Um, and yeah, it just made me really, really down on myself. And so that was why I lost weight in that really unhealthy way. But honestly, like in hindsight, even though at the time it was awful and it and losing weight in the really unhealthy way actually caused me to have panic attacks and it gave me panic disorder and I was actually diagnosed with that and I was put on beta blockers um, to alleviate the physical symptoms. And I am not one of these people that takes pills. Like I don't, I don't remember the last time I even took like a painkiller because I'm, I, I just personally, I have this weird thing with like taking pills. I don't know I get terrified of them even if it's like a natural, like painkiller thing. But anyway, um, so for me to actually take some medication was like a big thing and it just shows how bad it was at the time. But yeah, so I, I ended up losing that weight in that really unhealthy way, getting that anxiety. And then that was when I realized like I needed to gain weight in it and, and become stronger physically and mentally, which is why I then got super into fitness. I think so often we, you know, it's like I said earlier, your best ideal client is often you just a few years ago. And that's why I then got into so much into fitness coaching because I didn't want other women to feel the same way as I felt. And now I know that if I now help coaches build their businesses, then it's kind of like a ripple effect and I can help the people who are helping the people. So it's pretty cool. Absolutely amazing. So, so amazing. So you, you, you almost got into fitness, not because it was something you were into your whole life. It was just part of your journey and your story that you found yourself yeah. on the other side of. Exactly. Wow. Um, so when we're talking about personal branding, whether it's fitness industry or any industry, where do you begin with a client to help them focus and get moving? Yeah, it all comes down to knowing what your niche is. So I already told people like the best way to find your niche is just to think about who you were just a few years ago. Um, after that, it's just thinking about which platforms are these people hanging out on. So you, you want to make sure that you're focusing your efforts on producing content on the platform that your people are actually hanging out on. And then, yeah, just like making sure that you're showing up consistently every single day with the with the value, which uh, again, earlier is that education, entertainment, motivation, inspiration. 
and asking yourself the impact filter question um, when you post. And then, yeah, just like stay consistent at it. Don't try and monetize too early on. You need to build a relationship with people before you try and start selling things. Um, but I do think that the best way in order to start monetizing is a high ticket offer, such as high ticket coaching. Maybe it could be consulting, freelance work. Um, but if you try and do too many things at once, you're just gonna like be wasting time. Focus on one offer, nail that, get it up to, let's just say, 10k per month and then move on to introducing more offers otherwise you're just going to be seriously like exhausting yourself and exhausting your audience with too many options what did you do right after high school did you go to college i went and worked in the asset management job so no college for you so i went and worked in asset management for eight months i quit that i then had a few months off where i got my personal training qualification um and then i also started my online fitness coaching business uh, which I didn't even see as a business back then. I just saw it as a bit of like a side thing. Then I went to university to study on the UK's number one business degree where I stayed for a year. After my first year, for the, set, the first half of the second year, I had to go and do a placement. So I was working at an influencer marketing agency. I was there for like six weeks or something and uh, maybe a couple months. And basically I decided like I just could not do it any longer. So I quit that job. And if I quit that job, it meant I had to drop out of university. So this was in November of 2017. And so then since then I've been focusing on helping people build a personal brand and service-based online business. Um, because I had so many people coming to me asking me, how did you build your online coaching business? How did you do it while you're at uni? How did you do it while you were do like still in your full-time job? And so I just kind of saw what people were asking me and I created a solution to their problems. What is, what is the answer that you were able to give them in a nutshell, of course? How, how were you able to do that? I was able to do it through what I already mentioned. It's like picking your niche, um, showing up consistently, like making sure that your offer is appealing and desirable and that it's viable, feasible, profitable, something that's actually going to be transformative as well and something that you can deliver at scale. <laughs> and that's results driven, right? I'm so results driven because like, I don't care to take people's money. I want to actually take people's money, but give them 10 times more money in return, <laughs> 10 times more value in return. Yeah. Um, and I know yeah. living, living this myself through the hidden entrepreneur, I know that it's all about that. And I also know it's about getting out of your own way because in my past in business, I used to show up fearful, scared, insecure, desperate, approval seeking. None of that works. But even if I was showing up consistently every day, I realized that I wasn't getting the real result I wanted because of all that gunk in the way. So until I got this guy right and started doing the work to, to show up and knowing what my power was each and every day, knowing what I was capable of and saying, okay, I have to figure out how I can show up in the way I know I'm able to, because it was right there. I just was choosing not to out of fear. So I was able to replace all of these non-serving habits with better ones, slowly but surely, one bit at a time, and here we are. And now, like I said, the world is in front of me. I can do whatever I choose to do because it feels right, and it is right. Mm, exactly, amazing. Yeah, and then um, with all that, you can, you can show up in the way you know you're meant to show up and serve the people you know you're meant to consistently, not look for quick fixes, 
put in the time, find something that you're passionate about that you can show up each and every day doing, delivering, because it makes sense for you and it makes sense for your audience. All right, with that, um, you, um, looking back on your life personally, what conversation would you have with your younger self? I think it's honestly mainly just about like not caring about what people think about you. I think this is something that fortunately I realized, I did realize when I was 16. Well, actually, no, I, I thought I realized it, but like I did still care, but now I genuinely just don't care. Um, and I guess maybe I've gone a little bit far on the other end of that, but at the same time, like I'm not afraid to be polarizing and produce content that is maybe a bit like risque not as in risky as in like sexy, but like <laughs> risky business. Um, because like, I think that it's just something which is going to attract my people and just, yeah, share the truth. That's what I'm all about. So yeah, just don't care what people think about you. People are going to judge you either way. So just let them be and just realize that like people are judging them too. Everyone judges everyone. It's just human nature. Right. So right. and. And when they do, it's, it's certainly a reflection of them. Very little, if anything, to do with you. It's their concern. Exactly. Yeah. Do you believe that everything happens for a reason? Yeah. Period. I honestly, I'm not spiritual or anything like this. So for me, yeah, I just, I, I try not to overthink things because otherwise it's just, I find it to be like a waste of my mental energy. But yeah, I think, I do think things happen for a reason. And uh, I think like you can just use, a, like whenever I'm going through something negative now, I'm just thinking in my head, like this is going to make such a good story in the future. Yeah, that's a great way. Talk to me about that. Are you spiritual or religious in any ways? No, not at all. Zero. N never have been. Hmm. Nothing there. I just don't like, I, I don't know enough like about it. I've read the book, The Secret. And like, I, 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 I believe in, you know, the law of attraction and things like that. And I just think rather than like it being a belief, I just think it's a fact of physics and nature. And so to me, it's just like, I think that, I know I was listening to a podcast yesterday with like Dr. Joe Dispenza and I love his work and I love the work of like all these people. But like to me, I, I like to consume the content and hear about what they have to say rather than like speaking about it. Cause I don't personally feel like I know enough to comment on it too, too much when it comes to religion. Like I honestly, I am not religious for any particular reason. It's just how I've grown up. Um, and I like to, I like to just think positively, you know, I, I, I practice mindfulness every day. Um, I think it comes down to inner work and trying to make sure that my mind is as uncluttered as possible. What do you believe happens when it's all over? When our time here on earth comes to an end? Yeah, this kind of messes messes up with me. Like I, yeah, I I'm terrified of dying. Like I'm terrified. Uh, so I just I don't know. Like it actually does my head in. But yeah, you don't know what's happening tomorrow. So like 
you can't think about it too much. Cause if you were, I know that if I was as afraid of the t- tomorrow, which is also an unknown as I am of death, then I would live in constant fear. Right. And yeah. I actually think that potentially this is one of the reasons why I have had so much anxiety in my life. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's one of those things, isn't it? I just, I don't know. Not, no one really knows. Got it. I agree with that. I, um, I spent much of my life fearing death and uh, in many ways I'm still overcoming that. I think I've come a long way, but um, I, I get it. I get it. Yeah, no, I'm the same. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's something that, yeah, a lot of people do fear, but no one really talks about it. But at the same time, like, what is there to talk about? Because no one knows. Well, let me leave you with this final question. Lauren Tickner, how would you like to be remembered? I just want people to remember me as someone who has really helped people live a life that they actually find fulfillment in. I think fulfillment for me is everything because it is a short life that we have, right? And so you want to make the most of it rather than constantly doing something that you're just doing in order to pay the bills like you're not alive just to pay bills and you're not alive just to i don't know like please other people you're alive to well no one knows why you're alive but it's not just to pay bills right so just make the most of it well if you're not somebody making the most of it i don't know who is what an example lauren so amazing to have you to see you to hear you incredible thank you for coming on Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. And uh, yeah, it's been awesome speaking to you and your people today. And uh, I hope that we stay connected. I'm sure we will. And I hope that everybody tuning in also stays connected. If you're joining the live broadcast here or you're listening to the native podcast form, whether it's on Apple, Google, or Spotify, head over and leave a review. I'd love to hear your thoughts and uh, see what you have to say. We're going to say more things before too long with another episode. Thank you for joining us, spending your time and tuning in. Until we do it again, go get them. Thanks for listening to The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Make sure to subscribe through iTunes or Google Play so you can get notified every time we publish a new episode. And we'd love to hear your thoughts with an honest review on iTunes. Finally, follow us on your favorite social media platforms to keep the conversation going with Josh Carey and today's guest. Until next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.